Hi, I'm Laura Cox Kaplan. You're listening to She Said, She Said. Today, we're talking entrepreneurship and small business with Heather Harris. Heather and her husband, Bobby, are the owners of a company called Meanwhile Back on the Farm. Their company manufactures waxed canvas tote bags with beautiful leather handles. I can attest to the quality as I am the proud owner of quite a few. Their products are assembled in the U.S. in Lynchburg, Virginia, in their factory. Heather and Bobby are one of the 30.2 million small businesses in the U.S. Now, of that number, a full 12.3 million businesses in the U.S. are actually owned by women. And those women-owned businesses generate some $1.8 trillion into the U.S. economy. But it's important to understand what's involved with launching a business, the good and maybe the less good. We'll talk to Heather about her experience, how she got here, how she got off of the corporate track, how she found her passion, and how she's found balance for herself and her family. Heather, welcome to She Said, She Said. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to have you. Absolutely delighted. Well, it's been a pleasure to come here, and I'm so excited to be here. I love listening to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. So let's talk about Meanwhile Back on the Farm. But before we get to the actual business, I want you to go back and tell me about your background. How did you get to this point? I grew up in a really large family on a farm. Um, I have four brothers and one sister, and I grew up with a lot of entrepreneurs. My brothers and my father were. And I had a very interesting childhood that my mother started baking bread at a young age, and we sold them and sold the loaves at a farmer's market. And I fell in love with horses, and I wanted to go to horse camp, and she said, well... I bet we can figure this out. I can't afford it, but I we own a sewing machine, and I'll teach you how to sew, and I bet you could get yourself there. So I made scrunchies and duffel bags, and <laughs> I sold them with her alongside her at the farmer's markets, and I put myself through horse camp you and riding lessons. Um, that was when I was eight years old. So that was a good experience. It taught me a lot about working with people, working with customers, and also simple things at a young age of, of making change. You went to college, ultimately. What did you study? Uh, it's kind of funny. I studied animal science, um, so I graduated with that, and two minors, which were in business and political science. But when I graduated, I didn't do anything with them. I actually fell in love with a designer in Boston, and that was my first job, was working for a bag and belt designer. Was it hard to get that first job, given that it was sort of outside of your area of study? It wasn't hard to say. She actually asked me to be an intern, a non-paid intern, and I was pretty bold with her. And I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, I cannot not be paid. I have to pay for my rent, and I have to pay for my food. And... I, it seemed to go well because she offered me a job. 
How did you have the confidence to push back on her? This is, you know, this is a theme that we oftentimes talk about on the podcast, the idea of us owning our value. And in your case, you were really young, you were right out of college, and you needed to get paid. So you asked for what you were worth. I did. I just knew that I was worth it. I knew I just got finished with four years of school. It may not have anything to do with bags or belts, but I knew also that I could bring an eye to her um, as far as a technical design of the belts or the bags. I also knew that I needed to pay for rent, and so I needed to make sure that she knew that I was worth it. Fast forward, you worked for the the bag designer, and you spent how many years doing this? So I've, I spent uh, 2003 through 2012 in the bag business. I was in the women's design, which carried me through to New York City, and then I worked in men's design of leather goods um, down in Virginia. High-end luxury. Very high-end bags going from 500 to 1200 to even $1,500 bags. Um, So I moved to Virginia in 2006. I was brought on to be the director of a bag division of a very large leather company. Mm -hmm. So I went from New York City to good old uh, hills of Virginia. (laughs) Where did you meet your husband? Right there in town. I I married a townie, and uh, I'm still in town. (laughs) (laughs) So you met him when you were relocated to Lynchburg? Yes, I did. I met him in 2009, and he, at the time, was helping his father run um, his furniture company. So he ran, I think they have around 50,000 square feet, and they manufacture hospitality furniture. Yeah. So when we met and we were dating, it was very interesting to kind of feed off each other because we both could talk the same game as far as production, as far as factory, as far as um, sales. And even though I was working in bags, he was working in furniture, they were very complimentary. You guys get married, you have a baby, you're still working for the high-end luxury good business. What happens next? I had a wonderful job. It was a dream job. I was in and out of Italy. I was in and out of our factory in the Dominican Republic, and I absolutely adored it. But I really felt this calling to be a stay-at-home mom. At the same time, Bobby was looking for a change. People thought we were nuts. Our accountant thought we were nuts. We were getting paid to where we really well, we up and quit our jobs. Just like that? Just like that. And did you have a pretty good safety net? We had a good safety net, but Bobby really honestly said, hey, life is too short, Heather. I want to change it up. You want to be home with Lee? That's great. I can do anything with my hands. And he said, Heather, you have been creating bags and designing bags for years now. I bet you could work for anybody from home. And so we moved up to my mom's farm up in Pennsylvania where it's a beautiful old distillery farm, but it needs a lot of work. And my husband is very skilled in carpentry. And so we did that. And it was really scary. We moved there when Lee was six months old. And for the first six months, I would cry. I thought, I made a huge mistake. Like, what am I doing with this baby? But a good friend of mine who I used to work with up in Boston, she had a blog and she said, hey, Heather, why don't you start a blog? You have a very interesting life. You live on a farm. You're still working um, for a designer part time and you're still drawing like men's bags, still working with factories. And I said, okay. And Bobby and I talked about it and I said, okay, we're going to name it Meanwhile Back on the Farm. And so I made up this MeanwhileBackOnTheFarm.com, but I didn't do anything with it for three years. 
and it just sat out in space. Like, it was going to be a blog, but it only had a picture of me, and I never wrote a thing. Why do you think you never wrote anything? Because I didn't know how to log in. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know how to log in, and also, I'm not a writer. Like, I work with my hands, and I, I... can design and I can put things together, but I, I don't know how to put words on paper. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get from the the brand inception, mm-hmm. meanwhile back on the farm brand, to the manufacturing of bags? Um, I have a really good friend that taught me how to can. And my mom had brought me up canning, but I didn't, obviously, when you're young, you just, you have no idea what's going on and you just do it because your mom tells you to do it. Right. But I had a huge garden. I loved to garden. And I had a surplus of peppers. And I was making this jalapeno mustard dip. And we made a ton of it. It it had been three years up there. And Bobby had said, hey, let's move back to Lynchburg. There's a lot of old homes. And I'm going to work on homes down there. And I was like, okay, let's go back. Here we go again. So we go back to Lynchburg. In the meantime, I have handed out all kinds of friends this mustard and people loved it. And I have a friend who um, runs a market down there and he said, well, I'd love to sell it. And I was like, okay, well, I own this thing called Meanwhile Back on the Farm. Let me go find that thing out out in outer space and I'm going to put it on a label and I'm going to get it certified and so anyway the next week I had this label and I I packaged up all this mustard and I dropped it off and in the meantime a friend of mine had said well there's a vintage market downtown Lynchburg you should set up a booth it's five weeks from now mm-hmm. and I said okay I can do that I'll sell a table full of mustard this is something I can do it's easy and my husband said um, to me you've lost your mind Heather you know how to do bags, get back into the bag business. And after being with three startup companies, I was tired and I wanted nothing to do with bags again. I just wanted to hang out with my baby and I wanted to ride horses and live this little dream of mine. And he said, I think you, I think that you're really good at it. And I just think you need to start over and do it for yourself. So his parents have the furniture factory and they lent us their upholstery floor one weekend right there in Lynchburg so we made bags one weekend and I brought in materials from all over the world because I knew if I was going to make a bag in Lynchburg it out of my garage or out of some upholstery it had to be quality it had to be the right price point because I had been in this business for 12 years already I knew you knew the market yeah I knew the market Yes, I knew all of that. And it's like it's like I'd been trained to do this all along. I was just fighting it. Yeah. And so... Why, why do you think that was the case? Why, why do you think you were sort of resistant? Was it just burnout or was it something else? Maybe it was a little bit of burnout. But I think the other part of it was like, I think I really wanted to chase me. Because I feel like I've always been the... Like I've always gone after things really hard and I've tried and I'm I'm pretty confident when I go after things like I can do really well and I really knew that this was probably going to happen at some point but I never knew how it was just going to come come to me and knock on my door when I didn't try as hard you know so um it was really Bobby I mean Bobby said Heather like this is you like you've got to do this like just get back into it. I know you, and he just kept saying, I know you can do it. 
And so anyway, I brought in our lining in our bag is is Liberty of London. It's a company out of England. It's been around for over 100 years. Very classic. It's timeless. And I knew that if I was going to put out a bag in the U.S., it was going to have to be between $100 and $200. I also wanted to put out um, a product that people would buy one and then they would be okay to buy another one in a few months and maybe a few months after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant the price point had to be right. sort of mod- modest. If you right, know. but I also wanted the price point to... The, the Liberty of London offers the buyer, I think, like a little bit of luxury. Mm-hmm. It is an expensive fabric. Um, the wax canvas, everybody can get it, I think, now. But I think the Liberty of London kind of sets us apart. I also put in the Vachetta handles on on our classic totes. It's a natural leather, has a natural coloring, so the oils in your hand will, will help patina and darken it. Mm-hmm. And that comes from my leather background. I worked with beautiful tanneries from all over the world and I have learned so much from them by being humble and just learning from them and so I brought in all my favorite materials to make this one classic bag so we went to this show and we sold out of our mustard and we sold out every bag we had we only made 30 we sold them and then in that one month just through my personal Instagram and Facebook we sold 150 totes and my husband bought me a sewing machine as a surprise. I thought it was more of a um, um, not a good gift. <laughs> I really was really upset that he bought me a sewing machine for my garage. He was very proud of himself. I was not. Because then I knew I was in it to win it. <laughs> okay, so this was how many years ago? So this was four years ago on Saturday. Yeah, so now you've had baby number two. You guys have I been got in business. Pregnant when I was sewing this bag. Oh, is that right? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So you've you now have two children. You and Bobby are both full time in the business. Mm-hmm. He's running aspects of the business. You're designing for mm-hmm. the business. He's clearly a very special guy. He could read you. He you know he basically gave you the encouragement that you needed to get off the dime and in your words find your passion or mm-hmm. re- or rekindle your passion. Right? It was there. But he was a pretty special partner to say, hey, I think there's really something there for you. Talk about what it's like to work with your spouse. (laughs) Not sharing any big secrets, but a lot of people, I mean, I love my husband a lot, but I'm not sure we could do a business together. Um, Don't tell him I said. (laughs) Bobby is, he's a dreamer. And I think men can be that. I think women are like we are involved in detail we are involved in every aspect of detail if you have children to the pick up the drop off what they ate for lunch all that stuff so i am into the detail of the company as well he is into moving the company forward he is the one that said to me you have outgrown the farm you've outgrown the guest room you've outgrown the garage i have looked at a place downtown and i was like oh no you didn't but that's if it if he hadn't done that, we would not we would have failed because we would we would not have been able to keep up with our demand. So he is so good about pushing me to look forward, um, as well as he doesn't exactly look at all the details. I'm very good at all the details. I do all the back end of our business, as in I call it the back end, like the website, 
all the social media, the photography, the design, he can get it done. He can produce bags. He can run the factory. We have um, three full-time stitchers. We have two people that just do all the handwork, which is all the leather work, which is strapping and stuff on the bag. Um, and then we have a full-time cutter. So he runs all that day-to-day stuff at the factory. Yeah. But we do... F- feed off each um, each other pretty well. You know, he goes to work at 7 and he comes back at 3 and I like to show up at the factory and and sometimes I'm uninvited. <laughs> um, <laughs> I My background is in leather and that is my passion and so I have been very fortunate to work with some phenomenal leather companies and ever since I launched this business, I'm very blessed that they have embraced it they will honestly send me emails or send me a text message text message all the way from italy and say hey heather i have a lot of 10 hides that look like this do you want these this is something i think you would love and bam i say yes they're on they're in the air and i have a monday so that is what i bring to the table as far as forward thinking (laughs) for bobby what we have a hard time with, but we've worked through it, is where I would just show up at the shop and I would stop everybody from producing. And I'd be like, hey, guys, so here's what just came in. I got 10 hides of this hot pink leather. Um, no one else in the market has it. And we're going to drop it tomorrow. So let's make all this up right now. And I can sell it on Instagram tonight at 8 o'clock and we'll ship by Friday. <laughs> So he is he has gotten better with me because now he sees that we have such a following for those small numbers where people can buy one bag and there's only 10 made. That's a big change in retail is the advent of social media and what you can do with it to market your product, to sell. To talk a little bit more in detail about sort of how you utilize social media, how that works, and frankly, how you've seen it change because you were in the in the business before and after, not, yeah. not in your personal business, but in the business yeah. before. And so you've seen the evolution of how that, from a marketing perspective, has really changed the game. Well, it's huge. When I was at my previous company and when I left there in 2012, I didn't even have Instagram. When we launched Meanwhile Back on the Farm, I had my personal Instagram and I would put some photos up there and stuff and then I started the company one and then I just started Facebook for the company last year but that is a driver of our business and honestly I have been I have taught myself how to do it I've gone to a few workshops but I have also been taught to be myself and expose my ourself because we are a family company we are different because we are made in the US I mean, it's also run by myself and my husband. I mean, it's very raw and it's very true. Like my children come into the shop maybe after school on Thursdays and they're there and they're sitting on the cutting table. And so I have learned to be more open with my viewers that follow us because they want a piece of that. They want to see like the background of us. So at first that was, I was not okay with that, like posting all of that. But I have learned that these people are not after, like they're not mean. They just want to be a part of something. And so it has really helped us. Yeah, it's it's the story of your brand. Yeah, it is true. It's the way that you tell a story in the modern era. Yes, it's true. 
it's really unbelievable because our business has really grown because of social media. If I had had social media like this six, seven years ago, I mean, my old company, it would have been huge for us. It has been the growing force behind our company. It helps expose us. It helps show our customers who we are. People tag other people. We have shows that we go to all over the country, like junior league shows and horse shows and garden markets. It really is unbelievable how amazing it is for small companies as well as large companies. So you now have six employees? We do. We have six full-time employees plus Bobby and I, and then we have a wonderful group of ladies that do shows for us or help us in our workshops. Everyone that works with us, they're wonderful. One of our girls that's been with us, Autumn, she was my first stitcher, and she used to come to my house and work out of our guest room, and she's still still working. It's like a big family. Yeah. Like a big family. How, How do you think about both the culture that you're creating as an organization, but also your vision from a growth standpoint. What do you think you want to be? Or do, or do you even sort of go, go down that road? Do you kind of take every day as it comes? Or do you plan for what you, what you want it to be five years from now or 10 years from now? What does that look like? I could probably go two different ways. Because honestly, I'd love to um, sell a company in five years and, and, and do something new and travel because we love to travel. But honestly, we've made it such a a company where we are so involved that it's about us and our story that that's probably not possible. But the growth of it is we are so grateful for it and we do look forward. I mean, we continue to grow the SKUs of the bags and we, I just want to keep employing people. I mean, it's really amazing to see that we, and I pinch myself, like we have a bag company, like nobody starts a bag factory. I mean, if it was 2012, I remember working at my old company and they were like, we should have our own little and make things here. And I was like, oh, that's not possible. Like we would have to bring in so-and-so from the Dominican. He runs the sample department. Like the expertise that you need when machines are broken, Bobby does it. I mean, it's unbelievable how skilled he is. And that's what, you know, he used to do it at his father's plant. And now he does it for us. So... It's just, I pinch myself because, you know, when I used to be, um, like before children, my favorite thing was to go to the factory and sit in the sample room and work with these men and women and sit with them and make bags, leather bags. I would draw patterns. I would get on the machines and show them the, the exact corner I wanted, the exact stitches per inch I wanted. I couldn't speak Spanish, so I had to just do it and ask them to move over. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I still pinch myself and I just see it growing and employing more people and I think just you know it's such a skill set and it's you know we have customers that come in our door every day and they get to shop off of our sh- our shelves and they get to walk through the front of our shop is everybody working cutting the material sewing the bag and then it moves over to the leather table and they're hammering on these copper rivets to put your straps on and it's really amazing yeah it's such a good experience for people, I think. Totally. The whole customer experience. So you've got the, the customer experience that comes from 
their exposure to you on social media, but then you also, I know, are having, you're hosting gatherings where people will come, largely women, <laughs> women will come and bring their friends and have a bag making party and you can do it for birthdays and for things like that. Talk about that whole notion of the customer experience and how you're connecting with your customers. So we have workshops. Because I'm dying to do a bag party. Oh, you need to. <laughs> it is so fun. So we do workshops about once a month and it's amazing because we will prepare people on social media and say, hey, we're going to drop our January workshop on Monday. Please set your alarms because we have dropped them before and people get upset because they did not get a spot. But so now I have to warn them and then I have to tell them to set their alarms because we only do around 15 people in a day. We have two different time slots and they sell out in three minutes. It is amazing and it's so amazing. It's so fun and energizing to see these ladies come in and make bags with their daughter, their best friend, their sister, and they get to choose any style that already exists, but they can choose any leather. And I bring in, just for the workshop, I'll bring in all kinds of different leathers. And these leathers are not available on the website in any style that we already have. So they get to pick their lining, they get to change up their straps, and it's amazing how like a leather hobo can become a leather hobo with a backpack strap on it. It's just a smaller version and it looks great. So it's been, that experience has been really great for us. I also think it's made me feel really good about what I'm bringing to, to people because I'm bringing them an experience that I like would have never offered that eight or 10 years ago because you're so protective of your sources and you're so protective of your factory and you don't want anybody else to see how your procedures are going or how you're doing them that I'm okay with that now. Like, because I just feel very confident that we have made a brand and people like our brand, but they're there for the experience. And I want to give that to people. How great is it that you could come make your own bag and pick your own leather and pick your own lining? Like that's what makes you happy. Yeah. And the other experience is being with your family or your best friend, or we've have we've had plenty of husbands that have brought their wives as a gift to them for their birthday. They've gotten hotels, they go out to dinner, and they make a whole weekend about it. And how what a great experience! Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So when you think about Lee and little Bobby, your your two children, and you think about what impact you and Big Bobby are having on them. What do you hope they will take away from this experience when they get older? It kind of makes me think of my experience with my mom and spending the days with her of um, putting bread into bags and cutting ribbon because she wanted to make every piece look beautiful when we took it to the farmer's market. The same thing with Bobby. He grew up in his father's furniture factory and he and he, to this day, loves working with his hands, loves building anything. Um, and I just think that having little Bobby, I mean, he goes in there with me all the time and he likes to sit on the cutting table and he will trace things and he'll glue things with me. And I just think, see, I just think that we're instilling into them this worth ethic. And also I think of showing him that like Bobby and I, his dad and I, like, we work together, and we love each other, and we like to be around each other. 
And I think for Lee, I mean, Lee loves it. I think she is realizing it more and more because our brand is becoming stronger and stronger. And she gets so excited when she sees someone with a hat on or a bag. And she's like, hey, mom, did you see that person over there? They had our hat on. And I think that does something for her because she's she's been around it since she was, what, three years old. I mean, she was helping me dot all the leather straps back in the beginning and put little marks on them so I would know where the holes would be. So I've taught her from the beginning how to make a bag. When you think about our listener, maybe there's some woman that's listening right now who's thinking, gosh, I have this great idea for X. What would be your advice to her? I'm just going to shoot you straight. I think she should just do it. Because if you have an idea and you have a passion, I think you can do it. I know you can do it. You just got to put one foot in front of the other. You got to break it down. You know, things can be so overwhelming. But if you are, if you love it and you're, and you have that passion behind it and you just break it down, you, you can do it. And just don't let anything get in your way. Just put your shoulders back. When you look back on this experience, what has been maybe the hardest part? And what have you maybe learned about yourself that you didn't know otherwise? I think the hardest part was trust. is trusting myself or trusting that the company, that it was all working. When it really was. I mean, it was working right in front of my face. I just don't think I believed it at first. Was that was that because you had a lot of self-doubt? I think self-doubt or just never thought I would really have my own bag company. You know, I had done it for three other companies before, and I had blood shed and tears over there, and I just couldn't believe that, wow, here I go again. But actually, it's totally different when it's yours. And I don't want to say it's easier because I think it's very hard. I just think that when it's yours, it's your baby, and you're just so absorbed in it that it's just a natural feeling. And um, we've had this growth, and I still have doubts, but my husband always says, you you need to stop doubting it. Like, look at yourself. So he's very good for me. Yeah, clearly, (laughs) clearly. Your mom was a really instrumental role model for you. She was very independent. She taught you that independence. She encouraged you to make your own way. When Have you talked to her about the success of the business and talked to your family about what it means to them? She is strong and she is independent. And she, all through my whole life, she's been amazing. She's always been there. Just last week, she said, you know, I am so proud of you. I'm proud of you not only for, uh, you know, having a huge job and just saying, hey, I'm done. I'm going to stay home with my kid. And then she said, I'm also proud of you for moving forward. And moving forward, you know, and I had no idea what moving forward was going to look like after having a child. Right. And if you had told me four years ago, oh, Heather, you're going to have a bad company and your husband is going to work with you and you're going to employ people and you're going to ship bags all over the country, I've been like, you lost your mind. (laughs) But, you know, she 
is so encouraging and uh, just she's she always fills your bucket. And I think that's helped so much. I do have a large family and every one of them, they buy our stuff, they wear our stuff, but I do have four brothers and they're very full of opinions and, but they are very encouraging and full of advice. Running a small business, a growing business is a family affair in your case. Balancing the demands of a growing family at the same time can be pretty challenging. So talk about what that looks like for you guys. You talked a little bit about Bobby comes in early, you come in a little That's bit later, kind of how you shift off. But t- talk about what that looks like. So right now actually is our busy season and we do a lot of markets on the weekend. So anywhere from like a junior league market to we just had like a horse show last weekend and then there's Are you all over the country or mostly just on the East Coast? Or? We do have some stuff. We had like Kentucky and Utah, Wisconsin. Wow. So kind of all over. But I do have a good group of girls that help us out. So um, it's just about being organized. But what's great about what Bobby and I have done is that he steps in. So I try not to be gone for th- more than three days at a show. Um, and so he will step in and either take over that show or the girls will help me. And also he's at home with the kids. So he gets to take them to school and then he goes to the shop all day and then he takes them home and he does all the whole routine. But it's really made, I think, the value that I bring to the table at home very transparent. You know, I think that is a struggle for women that have their own business is, you know, we still think about the folder that goes in your daughter's backpack. Has it been signed? And the lunch and... The Halloween party. Everything. Costume. And we're still trying to run a business. So I think it's been really wonderful that we do have um, shows and that I do get to travel a little bit. I don't travel that much, which I am totally fine with. But he does step in. Well, you're a true partnership, really, in every sense of the word, and the example that your children get of from your relationship and the partnership that you have at home as well as the partnership in the business is a really beautiful thing. Thank you. And that's pretty incredible because not everybody has sort of mastered the whole partnership <laughs> aspect, right? We talk a lot yeah, about that. I don't know if you we're know. masters, but well, we Well, you know, as women, we, we do tend to to pick up a lot of the extra slack, as you're sort of alluding to, like there are things that we tend to do either because it comes more naturally to us and maybe not as much for our husbands. And again, that's generalizing. But for the most part, you know, an awful lot of us take on more of that kind of responsibility. So it's beautiful when you find a way to create that nice balance. How about setbacks? We haven't talked about things going wrong. I'm sure you've had experiences that didn't quite work out the way that you had planned and maybe how you how you come back from a setback or a failure, kind of how you look at things like that. So we had a setback a few months ago where um, we got in a drum of leather, which is basically 40 hides of leather, and it came in. I was um, not there at the shop. And they went ahead and cut it up. And it goes to on to the bottoms of our bags. And to me, it was too much red was in it, which doesn't complement our strap color. I did not see it until I got to a show. Turns out that it had all been cut up and made it into 400 bags. Yes. So that's kind of a setback. I was not okay with it. But, you know, 
there's not much we can do. It's already been cut. It's already put into bags. And so, so you kind of get, there's nothing wrong with the leather. There's nothing wrong with the bag. It's all still made the same quality. They ran it exactly the same. So you come up with a new name for it. You come up with a new style or you come up with a new design and so a new collection. And so that's what we did. We've been fortunate enough because we do have our hand on the factory every day and we're in there every day that we don't have a lot of mistakes. You know, we might, we do some custom works where you can, you know, if you like the camouflage wax canvas backpack, but you want a hot pink zipper, we will put a hot pink zipper in there and then you can choose your lining. Like we've done those where we've put in the wrong lining and that's no big deal because we're going to make it right and we're going to send you the new one and we're just going to take the other one and sell it at a show. So we haven't had a lot, and I think that is just because we are there every day, and we're not having to send our materials off to a factory. So we have been very grateful for that. Yeah, but when bad stuff happens, what do you do? How do you how do you kind of bounce back? Like you know, sometimes it's not fixable. Maybe it's not something at the company. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something more personal. How do you look at setback? I mean, setbacks happen. I think you we just look how to make sure it doesn't happen in the future and how that we can be better, yeah. you know? And we also don't throw blame. You know, we're all there together. And and I mean that as Bobby and I. Like, it's not ever his fault and it's not ever my fault and I'm not going to point finger and he's not going to point a finger at me. And I think that's a very mutual agreement that, you know, if there is a setback, we are going to deal with it together. And it kind of is what it is, but we're going to figure out how to make it better or how not to do that again. Looking back, what are you most proud of when you look at this business and you think about what you guys have created? I think of the environment that we've created. I'm proud of that we have created an environment of people that work for us that are very happy, they're very proud of what they do. I'm very proud of what we do, and so is my husband, and so are my children. My little boy is three, and he can spot a hat at a grocery store. <laughs> and, your yeah, one. and he'll be say, hey, did you see that rooster hat? <laughs> um, and I would say one more, and I just say, like, proud of the um, the life that we have created. Like, we honestly walked away from phenomenal jobs, and that many people said, have you, you know, that was crazy. Even our accountant said, what are you doing? But I wanted to be home with my child and Bobby wanted to change it up. And, you know, and we just knew that we were going to be okay. You know, we had a little bit of a safety net, but we also knew that we could work with our hands and he knew I was creative and he knew he could work with his hands and, and it all worked out. Yeah. We ask every person who comes on the podcast for a single piece of advice, a life hack, a mantra, it could be what you wish you had known when you were just getting started, what would be yours? I think mine would be if you are if you are starting out or you want to start something or you have an idea and you are passionate about it, it will work. You just dig deep and you work hard and you just take it one step at a time, just like I said earlier. But I think if you just dig deep and you find that fire in there and you love what you're going to do, 
everybody else will get on board with you. That's great. That's really great. Heather, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. To learn more about Heather, you can check out the show notes for this episode. I've included links to Meanwhile Back on the Farm, as well as some great photos from today's visit. And remember, you'll find all of our amazing and inspiring women like Heather at the website at www.shesaidshesaidpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, as well as Heather on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks so much for listening.